0: We need, as Paul did, Acts chapter twenty, verses twenty-two to twenty-four. Twenty-four is my mission is my uh, mission verse, uh, my life verse, really, in a lot of ways. But it's it's my missions verse. But we need a a short term, a mid-term, and a long-term plan. We need it for every area of our life, really. If you're gonna if you're gonna plan some things, you really need to know that I'm going, to be, I'm going to be around, at least you, we need to think that I'm going to be around for years. And so I need to make sure that I have a long-term plan. While I'm putting those long-term plans into being, I need to be thinking about what my mid, my shorter plans are, what I'm going to be doing, where I'm going to be, how I'm going to be putting these things into practice, and also my short-term plans. And as I stated up there, I have some short-term and long-term And and yet, I didn't really state anything about my middle uh, of the road uh, plans there, but I do want to have those plans as well. And we've got to do a lot of praying about those. We've got to do a lot of work. We've got to put feet on our prayer, and we've got to get busy and do these things and bring them to where they need to be. But we need to trust. We need to trust God. A lot of times, I make plans, and I will say, I am going to do this and this and this and this. And what does the Bible say God does in heaven when, when I plan? He laughs. I wonder. I, I, I sometimes wonder, does God have a big belly laugh? <laughs> Seesaw! I know you don't realize it yet. Okay, I, I, I don't mean to be irreverent. But I, I do wonder at times because I make plans, I make plans, I make plans. And all along, God's got the plans all worked out. And all I have to do is follow I don't pray anymore. I, I'm, I may on occasion, but I don't intend to pray anymore and say, Lord, lead me. Because he promises he will direct my path. He says that in more than one place in scripture. What I need to do is say, Lord, show me. Open my eyes. My eyes are getting weaker. I have a pair of glasses in the suitcase, in the little briefcase. I'm scared of my glasses. I'm afraid they'll make my eyes worse. Don't you think? So? <laughs> I'll be looking at something and not reading, and my wife will be like, Where are your glasses? Oh, they're, they're over there. I don't need them yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to lose some of those things. Uh, I'm losing my hair. Let's see, there's something else, but I don't. Oh, my memory. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm almost 63, so I'm young to some of you. I'm, I'm ancient to some of you. And I might be around the same age as some of you. I don't know. By the way, brother, i got to tell you, you folks are my heroes. Eight children. Eight sons. What does a lady... But zero girls. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what does a lady do with all of those boys? Carry a big stick. <laughs> We are, we are not seeing, I was, I was in, you know, with uh, the Bonnins on Sunday morning and I walked over to Danny and I said, man, I, I appreciate you have three. I have five. <laughs> I said, God bless you, man. God bless you. We, my, we lost our first baby and we have four adult children. Today is a birthday of my oldest daughter. She's 39 today. Pray for Sarah Beth Cook. She's 39, and she's how far? How long? Seven months months pregnant. This is Sarah's fourth. My Sarah couldn't get pregnant for eight years, and she's a miracle walking. She shouldn't have any babies, but she's a Sarah. (laughs) Praise God. A lovely, godly girl raising her kids in a Christian home and for the most part, a half-decent, godly husband. (laughs) But he's my son-in-law. I can't give him too much. Kudos here, but I do love him dearly. But Acts 20, 22 to 24. Making plans and how we work these out and what we do. And and Paul, uh, as as Luke is writing here in the book of Acts, but he's writing about uh, an account of the apostle Paul. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. So that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Father, I thank you for this time, for this privilege to be here in this place. Father, we need to let you direct us. We need to yield ourselves to you. You say you will direct us. And too often, Father, we make plans of our own and we try to bring them all to pass in our own strength. And yet, Father, there's things that you want us to go through in order to see your grace and your mercy brought to bear in our lives. And Father, so often when we run alone, we, we never really run alone, but when we try to do things alone and make plans alone, we fail. We fail miserably. And often, Father, then when we're at our lowest, when we've failed so bad, we can only look up and say, well, Lord, here I am again, messed up. I'm not trusting you. Father, teach us from these these few moments that we have. Teach us to open our eyes and see what you'd have us. Look into your word. Allow your word to, to be so much a part of our lives that people see us and say, there's a person of the word. They love the Lord and they love the word of God. And I pray, Father, that we also would have our ears open to hear you when you speak to us from your word. And Father, I pray for everyone here tonight that each one that knows you as Savior is walking according to your will, allowing you, yielding themselves to you, mortifying the deeds of the body, putting on the whole armor of God, running this race with patience that is set before us with our eyes focused squarely on the Lord Jesus Christ. But Father, I pray for that soul that's here that's unsaved. Also, I pray that if there's one here that's never accepted the free gift of salvation that you've offered through the giving of your son on the cross, I pray that they would realize their sinners. They would realize you are the only remedy for that. And they would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Father, I thank you for your promises in scripture that you will save us. And many of us you have saved. And I pray for that soul or more than one maybe that is here. And Father, I pray as we listen to you, allow your Holy Spirit to take this word and apply it to these sinful hearts. May we do as you give us direction and wisdom to do. We give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. You look in scripture at times, and I hope you ask questions of the Bible. I hope when you read an account in Scripture and and you've seen it a few times and maybe you've never really thought through, why exactly is this written here? Now I say that because in the Gospel of John, John says that the world wouldn't contain all the books that could be written about the Lord Jesus Christ in, in his short life. I can't imagine what it would be. I think sometimes of just for instance, I think sometimes of what we're missing in this world today, the stories of World War II veterans that have gone off into eternity, either with God or apart from God, wherever they've gone, and they've taken their stories with them, and we'll never have them. And I've always encouraged those men, first of all, by saying thank you, and by the way, anyone in here that has served in any capacity like that, thank you very much. I wonder about the missionaries who have gone onto the field and died on the field that we will never hear their story because someone might not think it's important enough to write it down, not, not to sell a bunch of books, but so that other people can say, wow, they did that and they were just a simple nobody. I tell people I am a knucklehead truck driver, dumber than a box of rocks from uh, born in the state of Florida, lived all over the eastern seaboard for a while, landed in West Virginia. My dad worked road construction, then he became a coal miner. I met my wife of 43 years right there. We went to high school together. And never, I, I've had uh, a Moody Correspondence Schofield course, is the only uh, um, college courses that I've ever taken. And I tried to be a missionary many, many years ago, and they kept saying, you've not been to college, you've not been to college, you've not been to college. And finally, one came along and said, you know what? Can you preach? Can you preach the gospel? Will you, will you greet people? Can you evangelize? Can you? And I'm, yeah, 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 I think I can do that. And I, I just want you to know, often, and, and I'm not saying this is necessarily wrong, but there are certain people that we look up to. There's still people in my life that I just like to touch, <laughs> Some of them are home with the Lord. I'll, 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 be, I'll spend eternity with them. But I, I just want to get to know them a little bit better. I, wanna, I want to be able to say that I know that person. And if, if you were to get them off by themselves and talk to them, they would just tell you this. probably wouldn't call themselves a dumb knucklehead from central West Virginia. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just a nobody That wants to tell somebody or everybody about the somebody who came and died for everybody. And the Apostle Paul saw those things. And we we sometimes will get into Paul should have done this and he shouldn't have done that. Paul never should have gone to Jerusalem. That didn't end well. (laughs) I mean this says... That all I can say is there's bonds and afflictions that abide me there. But I'm excited to go. I mean, that's that's my words, but I'm going to go anyway. And and sometimes we can get caught up in, well, maybe he shouldn't have gone. I won't ever go there. (laughs) If he's following the leading of the Holy Spirit... He should have followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit wanted to lead him someplace else, he could have done that. And I think Paul would have led him. So I don't want to deal one way or another too much with that question of whether he should or shouldn't have gone. But I just want to say that Paul pressed on toward the mark. He pushed forward to serve God faithfully. He didn't let things like the words here, bound, chained, tied up, hogtied, we call it down south. I got hog tied. (laughs) Uh, I remember my brother took me out in the woods one time and tied me to a little tiny sapling and didn't use a single piece of rope because of the way he sat me down around that tree and put my hands under me and tucked one behind my leg and shoved me down. And when he got me all the way flat, he said, now untie yourself. (laughs) You should, don't ever do that to anybody, but you should see that. It was not fun. He walked away about 30 yards and sat there while I cried. <laughs> and finally he came and untied me. I mean, he lifted me up and got me up and I was fine. But anyway, you just have to know my brother. But bound to be, to, he says here, um, I've lost my place. I probably need my glasses. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. Today, uh, just as we were getting ready to leave from um, Farmington I forget where I am sometime uh, uh, whenever we were getting ready to leave there were a couple of men that were coming there to present a ministry tonight and Pastor Rebert was, was going to run upstairs and grab a couple of chairs and I said no let me and I ran upstairs and so those missionary guys said oh let us help let us help I said no I'm the slave around here somebody has to be the slave here and you know what we all are slaves We're slaves to somebody. We're all bound by somebody. But the world is bound by idol worship, loving themselves. They're bound by the devil. He owns them. They belong to him. I used to be his child. Until uh, I was 20, almost 21 years old, I was his child. And didn't know any better. Had so many people come up, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. But I was, I was tied up. I was, I was a, a, a servant to him. Uh, but bound. He said, I am bound. The Holy Spirit had a hold of him and carried him. Is that what the Holy Spirit is doing to you? Does he have you where he wants you? Does he have everything of you? I got it. We, we got all of him the day we got saved. We aren't going to to grow progressively and getting a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. He may get a little bit more of me as I continue to yield more of myself to him. But I got all of him that I need. Everything that pertains to life and godliness right here in the word of God. He saved my soul. Nothing can change that. And I'm so thankful because I'd walk away from him. I I, I know this sinful heart would walk away from him if I could. I'm so thankful that I can't. now, I know I could sin and, and walk away in sin. I realize that. But I'm his. I belong to God. And I'm thankful that I can't lose that. But he says, but none of these things move me. None of these things cause alarm. They do not deter me. My wife and I, traveling in South Africa, following a GPS. Don't follow those things. All right? Just get Get a map figure out how to get there, and drive there, and then ask that GPS later. Us men should never do that. First of all, it's always a woman's voice on that GPS, and we don't listen to a woman anyway, right? I don't listen to her. I should, but I don't. But we're driving one time, and we're going on holiday, and she said, this thing's wanting you to go a different way. And I'm like, yeah, it's prob- they probably think it's shorter, but I'm going to go this way. And so I kept going and I kept going. And it's, we, we left at like four o'clock in the morning. It's dark there. It's not like Maine. It's dark at four o'clock in the morning there. Is it still dark here at four? <laughs> it's not far from light, is it? But, but anyway, my point is, we're driving, driving, driving. All of a sudden... This woman is screaming at me, left, turn, left, turn, left. There's a big wall in front of me. They've just, that road is missing. And they've got these barriers up. Well, that's why this thing kept saying, go this way, go this way, go this way. I had to back, back up the road for a little ways and then get the car right. I don't, I don't always follow the leading that I should very well. I am a man. I Asking directions? Seriously? (laughs) But none of these things move me. They do not alarm or deter me. I sometimes need a smack. Um, McLaren, this suggests strenuous effort. A man who never does anything except what he can do easily, never comes to do anything greater than what he began with, and never does anything worth doing at all. Did you get that? That is tough. So he goes bound. None of these things move me. And and then he says these things that are dear. Ask yourself, what do I value? What do I value? Uh, On on some movie I I remember seeing sometime, I won't recommend the movie, but on some movie one time, because I don't remember what movie it was, but someone asked the question, if the house is on fire, what one thing will you take with you When you leave the house, think about that for a moment. What will we make sure we have with us? Now, if we're a husband and a father, we're going to make sure our family's out the door, right? That certain, unless we've set the fire to kill everybody, unless we're a murderer of some kind, our desire would be to make sure that they're all safe and they get out the door. What's dear to us but what other, what other uh, 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 physical thing are we going to pick up and take with us? That will say a lot about us. What we take out the door that is going to be destroyed by this fire. And what do we carry with us? What am I going to take to heaven when I go to heaven? What, is, what do I value that I am going to take to heaven with me? Not these clothes. Not the car I drive. Not these Goodwill $4 shoes or something. <laughs> Not those things, not even the expensive shoes that I, I have owned before until I discovered Goodwill and love the place. Uh, not everything I have on is Goodwill, but a lot is Goodwill. Um, and, and so what, what do you value? What one thing can you say? I value this above everything. We should, we should, have, we should put some value in this life. I, you could see one of the pictures up there that I was chubby. 65 272 pounds in one of those pictures covid came along best thing that ever happened to me and i don't I, I got covid but that's not what i mean i was sitting on my rump doing nothing just getting bigger and i thought they won't let me go anywhere in town they yada 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 but i can walk these country roads and i took off walking and then i was speed walking one day i did something i said i'd never do i said i'll never run unless someone's chasing And I got to where I was running five, six miles. I run seven miles a couple of times. I got from 272 to 209. When I graduated high school, I was 215. Now, there was a lot more muscle on me then, but I was 215. I think that we should count this life dear to a certain extent to keep ourselves healthy so that I'm able to serve God profitably and properly but having said that, the Apostle Paul said, I'm willing to die. For to me, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He said, I'm in a, my, my, my mom used to always say, I'm between a rock and a hard place. Uh, that's really what the Apostle Paul meant to say when he said, I'm in a strait betwixt two. He meant to say, I'm between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> but he said, when he said that, he said, I can stay here And serve God faithfully and be a benefit to you. But you know what? I'm ready to go home right now. Is that the way we live our lives? Do we live our lives to say that I don't value what's here? What I can take with me is the souls that God has given me the privilege to preach the gospel to that he saves. Because I don't save anybody. But I'm assuming that I will know a little something whenever I get to heaven about a few people that I've been able to lead to the Lord. I will know somehow. Maybe they'll just walk up and say, thank you. I don't know. It won't make heaven any sweeter because I've heard that so often. The sweetest thing in heaven will be, number one, God and Christ and the Holy Spirit is there. My Savior will be there. Number two, I'll be there with him. And I want a whole lot more people to go. But nothing will make it sweeter than the fact that he's there. And so what do we count dear unto ourselves? His goal was to finish his course that God had given him. Are we running this race with patience? Are we giving it our all? Are we we doing what God is directing us to do and not letting anything stand between us and fulfilling that ministry with joy that God has set before us? I hope that that's what you're doing. If not, make the adjustment. Look in the mirror of God's word and say, what adjustment must I make, Lord? Where must I go? You've given me some wiggle room here and what is that? Or where do you want me to go? And I hope that all of us have made that decision to do that and do that faithfully. Father, again, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the privilege of being here with these folks. And Father, I pray that we would allow you to be our guide. You say you will. And you just ask us to trust you for it. And Father, again, I pray for everyone that's here that's serving you. I pray they're faithful from now to the very end. And for those who don't know you, I pray they come to know you today before it's too late. I give you praise for all things in Christ's name. Amen.